Hello and welcome to Empire State of Cannabis, New York's home for reefer madness. We'll bring you the experts, activists, policymakers, entrepreneurs, and trailblazers at the front of everything. I'm your host, Kaylin Kastetter. Thank you for tuning in. We have a great show for you today. Welcome. We have the co-owner of JD Farms, uh, founder of Eaton Hemp and first hemp farmer in New York State, Dan Dolgen. Uh, thanks for coming on, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kaylin. Absolutely. So Eaton Hemp, what is an Eaton Hemp Super Square? What does it look like and what does it taste like? <laughs> uh, uh, well, that is a great question. A Super Square <laughs> is a baked granola crisp. Um so think of kind of a, a granola bar, but into bite-sized little chunks. Um, and it's packed full of um, organic fruits and um, other kind of ingredients like chia seeds and things like that. And we have uh, three, three flavors, a cashew coconut mango, a walnut apple cinnamon, and a um, chocolate uh, sea salt. Oh. So uh, vegan chocolate, I should say. And okay. um, yeah, they're sort of little crunchy bites of delicious nutty hemp uh, um, hemp seeds. Which one is your favorite out of the three? I hmm, depends on which mood I'm in, but I think I prefer you know anything anything chocolate related. So the dark chocolate sea salt is uh, definitely where I, what I grab to most. And so the whole product is vegan, not just the chocolate. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's the point. So it's, it's a healthy snack alternative um and you know so the hemp seed is really powering the nutrition there yeah so we wanted to make everything kind of hemp forward um you know what we found in in kind of tasting the hemp seeds are that surprisingly and most people don't realize how delicious they actually are um mm -hmm. you know they're nutty and buttery and full of flavor and so we wanted to make sure that hemp was the first ingredient listed if, if for anyone listening you know when you look at the back of pack the ingredients are basically listed in order of what's the most dominant um ingredient so we wanted to make sure hemp was front and center and mm -hmm. that you could really taste and feel the crack and the pop of the um of the hemp seed itself excellent so where could you buy it you can buy it. Um, we're, well, we're doing mostly online right now. Um, mm -hmm. Direct to consumer on our on our website, eatonhemp.com. That's E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P. Um, we will uh, have our Amazon store up and running shortly. And uh, actually, I think you can you can now get it on Amazon. So um, that that should work. And otherwise, we're in select Whole Foods and natural grocers uh, around the New York State tri-state area. Beautiful, beautiful. So going back, so you're working in D.C. in national security, possibly a spy. You don't need to confirm and deny that for us. And then you decide to buy a farm in Madison County. What's up with that? What's the story there? <laughs> yes, it's not uh, not the usual path, but uh, let's see. So, um, yeah, I was working uh, in the intelligence community doing doing counterterrorism for most of my career. I uh, joined government in 2006, and I left in about 2011. Um, just kind of got a little little tired of the Beltway and wanted to do some things in the private sector and had a 
a good gig to a good good offer for a gig up in New York City to do some consulting. And so I took that. I moved up to New York, which is where I'm from, and was doing some some national security and international um, type of uh, consulting projects. And then I was asked around uh, 2014, 15 to be the chief security officer for a company that was trying to win a license for medical uh, marijuana uh, license for what, you know, bid for one of the medical, medical marijuana licenses. And so I, I thought that was super interesting. I'm, you know, a big proponent of cannabis and, and believe wholeheartedly in, in its benefits and um, thought it was an interesting opportunity. So I said yes. Um, we did not win a license, which potentially could have been seen as fortunate because the program at the time was pretty narrow banded. But through that, I had the, the good fortune of meeting my now business partner, Mark Just, who um, had bought a farm in 2008, uh, transitioned it to an organic working farm. It was a defunct dairy farm at the time he bought it. And he was going to have the grow for the medical marijuana on his property. And so I got to know him well through that that project, and we really enjoyed working together. And uh, when we didn't get the license, we decided we wanted to do something. And he had um, he had uh, an interest in hemp initially as an organic cover crop, because uh, obviously you can't use chemicals or you know any kind of pesticides or herbicides in an organic farm, and you need cover crops that are fast growing with broad leaves and hemp kind of fits that mm -hmm. that bill and he asked if i could use my government experience to try and help him uh, navigate the regulations and get a license i started working on it with him and coming up to the farm more and more and he was kind of looking for a, a partner to help um kind of take advantage of of all these different opportunities and kind of like an intellectual sparring partner up here to to really bounce ideas off of i knew very little about farming, but um, I thought it was one of those things when life kind of throws something at you and it seems interesting enough, you know, you got to just kind of take a chance and, and, and ride with it. That's part of the, the fun of the journey. So yeah, I, uh, I, I bought the farm, so to speak, um, <laughs> and we've been partners, uh, you know, ever since, since 2015. Beautiful. So before Eden Hemp, though, you have JD Farms, which is a highly successful organic operation, right? Yeah. So the farm itself, which is the base of our operations is, is JD farms. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we do hemp is one of many things that we do a pretty diversified agricultural uh, operation where we, we raise pastured, um, cattle. We, we just actually, um, got into the grass fed organic dairy business as one of the largest producers for, for Maple Hill. Um, our pastured cattle go to, uh, Fleischer's, which are, uh, butchers in the New York City area, and um, you know which we are minority owners of, and then we we have a big organic hay operation as well. Excellent, yeah, that's so, so that's awesome. So before you know, so you kind of you guys kind of stumbled into hemp, like you said, you're looking for a cover crop, uh, yeah, broadleaf plant, and then you know it's 2015, right? The state's looking for you know, some, uh, some members of their, their new pilot program that they're rolling out. And so was it your, you know, experience of trying to go after a medical cannabis license that now you're like, okay, hemp's an opportunity, or is it really driven from the agricultural side looking for a new cover crop or is it a mix of both? I, it's both. I think we knew that hemp 
you know, was a, a, a big opportunity. You know, we looked around at what was happening in Canada, where they were at the time planting, I think, about 100,000 acres. And we saw, OK, you know, if 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 anything, it's a good cover crop. Um, you know, that's that's the least of what we could use it for. Um, mm-hmm. But we also knew that there was just tons of uses for hemp. Now, the markets weren't all really there. And we felt if we can get in early that, you know, this could be a, a really interesting um, opportunity. And, and hemp is such a, 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 a um, you know, a, a, a viable and really versatile plant that, it, 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 you know, you could use the leaves, you can use the the, the, the seeds, the stalks, the flower. Um, and we thought, you know, well, we, we could find some use beyond just a cover crop. And so that mm-hmm. was what really was exciting for us. We're, we're entrepreneurs at heart. So we, we, we really see the farm as kind of a, a blank canvas to, to really um, kind of launch a lot of different uh, types of businesses. Yeah, to, to some, some pretty good success too. So, you know, uh, vaulting the, the farm and you guys in uh, into fame, here's a, a New York Times article in 2016 titled you need an armed guard to plant these seeds <laughs> right i mean we know that you know they're they're coming at us from the perspective you know you need the da permit and you know the da wanted to make sure the seeds were actually being planted and you know the da has always tried to exert their authority over over hemp right but you know even beyond that how hard was it really to put that get that first crop in the ground and and be successful with it yeah, I mean, the first iteration of the license was a little more prohibitive than even the federal regulations. Um, you know, it actually uh, prohibited farmers from bringing their crops to market. And it also hmm. mandated that you had to partner with with a research institution. So that was the first hurdle was really to help the New York Assembly and the governor's office understand that no farmer is going to put crop in the ground if they have to burn it literally in the field after, you know, um, after it reaches kind of maturity. And so I I think, you know, this is what happens sometimes when non-farmers kind of legislate, you know, farming regulations and uh, don't really think about the potential ramifications or, or if anybody will even, you know, want to participate in what's supposed to be a pilot program to prove a market. So, the, the assembly and Donna Lopardo, who we affectionately call as the, the emperor, um, mm-hmm. understood the dilemma and, and set out to really help change legislation. And we helped work with her on, on rewriting that. But since that wasn't a guarantee it would pass that first year, there weren't any real applicants. And we decided we would take the chance and kind of cross our fingers and hope that the governor would sign a bill that would allow us to actually harvest the crop and, and put it to use. So that was the the kind of first hurdle was, was, you know, getting legislation that we thought could help us bring crops to market. Then there was the applying for a license and finding a research partner. Thankfully, we had a really progressive partner in SUNY Morrisville that was mm-hmm. very excited and, and forward thinking about cannabis. And they um, they signed on and said this was great and uh, and became our partner. And then we applied for a license and, and got the, the first license, as you alluded to before, in New York. And then the hardest part was actually getting a DEA permit because, um, you know, hemp was at the time still considered a Schedule One narcotic. And to get hemp seeds for planting across the border, you had to have DEA permission. And so, you know, we had to deal with all levels of DEA from, you know, local state to the federal kind of uh, headquarters. 
and getting them understanding, you know, what we were doing. And we had federal agents come to the farm and inspect the planters and expect inspect where we were storing the crop. I mean, they were treating it as if the this this was, um, you know, a, a a drug, which I guess it was classified as at the time, but we all know that hemp is um, innocuous and has, you know, basically no discernible amount of THC. So what they did was they mandated that we had a armed guard present when we were planting, which was, you know, a little, a little over the top, if I may say. And, uh, yeah. you know, we, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we did. They wanted to make sure no seed went uncounted for. So the New York Times obviously thought that was a great story and uh, came up and documented it. So, um, you know, it was, uh, it was quite interesting. That's great. Yeah. And, and you talk about, you know, Morrisville being progressive. They now have a cannabis major tract and they're training, you know, the New York State uh, cannabis workforce of the future. Uh, so, you know, they've uh, continued to be aggressive and, and, and progressive uh, with it, you know, led by uh, Professor Gilbert Jenkins there. Um, so what did you do with uh, the harvest of that first crop, the, the seed that, that you combined? Yeah, so when we were growing in the field, we 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 didn't really know what hemp seeds taste like. I know everyone probably knows hemp hearts, which are the dehulled seeds, but the seeds themselves have a crunchy outer layer, like like any kind of seed, a sunflower, or you know any any chia or whatnot. And so when we started to get closer to harvest, and we didn't really know exactly what we were going to do. Like I, I said before, we knew there was there was opportunity in in, in various components of the crop. But when we tasted the seed itself, we, we kind of had the aha moment that this mm. really tastes good. And um, we decided we would we would combine the, the plant and harvest the seed itself. And we would start um, going into kind of production of a natural food um, company. And we, we saw what was happening in the industry where a lot of these natural food companies were um, you know, having great success. And we thought we could, um, we could be early adopters of hemp seeds and really become a, a national brand of record in, um, for the organic hemp market. Which resulted in the Eaton Hemp Super Squares that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. So, so that was really the catalyst, right? Walk us through, what is that development process from going, okay, I've got a ton of seed here, you know, literally tons of seed. Uh, I want to put this into a product that can sit on the shelves of, you know, of Whole Foods, right? And then I can sell to the consumer. So what is that? What did that process look like? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, that's the thing that we were kind of flying blind with. And, and we didn't know ourselves, right? We, we, we mm -hmm. said, okay, um, we'll figure it out. You know, a lot of what we do here is, you know, we have an idea, we think we can, we can find if we can't figure it out ourselves, we can bring smart folks in who can do this with us. And that's when um, our third co-founder, Brian D'Alessandro, who has a background in branding and marketing, mostly in the um, kind of uh, natural food and, and kind of health and wellness channels. Um, he was really excited about what we were doing and we brought him in to kind of help us lead, lead the way. And um, you know, what, what we what we learned along the way is it's it's very hard to develop products to get them produced to get packaging to get branding and then to get distribution and get retailers to to take them in store. Um, you know the first uh, the first step is is finding a good formulated product and we spent it probably took us two two and a half years from harvest that first year to get products that we were really excited about and have a co-packer that 
was certified with all the bells and whistles that we had, which was organic, gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, um, you know, which is hard to find and uh, get them to understand how to make the product. And then, you know, getting the, the packaging produced and um, taking this into meetings with buyers, buyers from Whole Foods and Fairway and a lot of the kind of local New York City uh, markets. And, um, you know, it's every step of the way is challenging. The natural food industry is not for the faint of heart. It takes mm. uh, it takes a long time. But, you know, if you if you can break through and get above the clouds, there's um, there's an interesting opportunity there. Yeah. So I think we see a lot of times is. You look at something like hemp and the nutritional value of these of the hemp seed, you know, is is incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Or the extract, you know, the the medicinal values of, of CBD and extracts are incredible. But there's this thinking, I think, of a lot of producers that it is this is great, therefore it will sell, right? So, mm. you know, I, I we. When we work with brands and we talk all the time, who's your customer? You know, so did you find a lot of appetite in the natural products industry with customers for a new product like this? You know, it, it's interesting, and there's sort of two points to make here. Is one, when we met with Whole Foods, what they really liked about us is that we were farmer owned, um, and we had what what they described as as something beyond the bag. Um, you know, they said, look, we get people coming in all the time and they say, oh, we have a great food. We have a great product. It tastes great. I'm sure. And they say, well, I'm sure you do. You know, every, you know, you're not coming in here if you don't think your product tastes great. But what they know it sells is if you could market something that has a, a touch point that people can kind of grab onto. And for us, that was the farm itself. And they were really excited by that. And, and they took us in almost immediately, um, you know, into a kind of a test run in a, in a few uh, stores in the city. Um, so that's, you know, the first aspect of, I, I think, what people should consider when they're kind of doing a natural food product. You know, for us, the, the hemp side of things, and, and as you said, hemp is, I think, you know, one of the most complete proteins on the planet, you know, and it's got... You know, it's most, the hemp seed oil is the uh, the only vegan alternative to fish oil. You know, it's uh, super high in fiber and protein and you know all the all the good stuff people are looking for. But you know, dot dot dot, the word hemp is still have somewhat of a negative connotation. And for us, we didn't realize how much we'd have to educate the consumer that a hemp is not pot. Mm-hmm. B hemp actually is food and see it's good food it's flavorful and 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 it can be made into a value-added product that's delicious so those three things have been kind of uh the hurdles that we've had to to overcome as we uh you know made our way through the through the business yeah and i think that you know a lot of people they're looking at 2020 right hemp is is hot it's all the rage but even three, four years ago, and we went through this with, with the hemp-infused wine, uh, it, consumer education was not there, right? I mean, we've seen a rapid progression in the amount of people who know what hemp is, at least a basic understanding that it is not marijuana. It will not get you high, right? And so, you know, I think that's, uh, that's something that, you know, kind of passes over a lot of the new entrants into the, into the marketplace is how 
how difficult consumer education was for years. I mean, you go back to, uh, you know, Richard Rose with hemp nut in the early nineties and sure. uh, my own father with hemp infused wine 97. I mean, that was a whole different ball game, right? I mean, sure, the, the challenges yeah. that we had educating <laughs> consumers is, is nothing, you know, compared to them. But uh, yeah, I do want to hit that. You know, you said you need to have a story behind the brand, right? Just because mm-hmm. you put something out there, doesn't necessarily mean it will stick, right? And so what have you done to really cultivate that story? Well, we we do things like this. We try and get into, um, you know, the public sphere as much as possible. Um, you know, our website um, tells, tells the story both verbally and we also have, you know, video production and things like that. Um, you know, we, we want people to, to, to trace the food back to the, the, the fields where, where they were grown. And so anything we can do to document that we do, um, you know, we, we, we try and, and, and we, you know, I'm not a big believer in kind of PR firms and things like that. Um, you know, we, we try and, and, and market ourselves wherever, wherever we can. And, and even on the packaging itself, the way it, it was branded, um, if you if you look at uh, the, the the design, kind of has that feel of bringing it back to the farm, but it's kind of a modern take on that. So it's it's a challenge to get your voice out there, and and I, I don't know if you you want to go into the whole Facebook Instagram ban, but yeah. that's been you know that's been the biggest challenge is is yeah. the avenues that um, one would normally use to get their story out have been closed off to folks in the hemp industry. And that's, that's really frustrating. And that's kind of where, in where, why we're in this stalemate and why education of the consumer has been, has been really challenging. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could either spend a ton of money, uh, you know, usually you have these options when you develop a brand, you can either go organically, you can, you know, use social media, hope it catches on, or you can spend all the money. You don't really have that option in hemp because where are you going to spend that money? You know, that's right. Traditional that's advertising right. channels aren't there, right? And so the only the more the most expensive advertising channels, when you talk about TV, you know, that might be there, but not necessarily. De- depends on the network, right? Yeah, and and we we believe in the human touch, which would hmm. And the interesting thing is when we do demos, our product sells out and people are a little hesitant, but usually we can convince them to take a bite. And then it's really amazing to watch their eyes just kind of light up. And the first thing they say is, wow, I didn't know that it could taste like this. And then they ask all the standard questions. Oh, can this get you high? Oh, I heard, or does this have CBD? I heard this has, you know, this, that, and the other, and you have to kind of dispel a lot of myths, but you're, you're doing a one-to-one approach. And what we're missing is this one-to-many, which is what these, you know, now kind of large global marketplaces provide, but we can't access that because for for right now, and I think that will change, they, they have a ban against anything hemp related being marketed on their platform. Yeah, it, it's very frustrating. And, you know, hopefully, you know, efforts uh, that, that you're making that, you know, on, on the national level, on, on the state level, uh, start to start to break through. Um, so, you know, on, on, on a personal note, uh, you know, this the podcast is about about New York and how special and unique the New York hemp industry is. And I think you, know, you kind of personify it. Last week, we spoke to uh, Brittany Carbone and, you know, she spoke about uh, moving from Long Island up to uh, Tioga County and upstate. And so you split time, right? You split time between Manhattan and the farm and eat in New York. What's that like? Yeah, it's been really great. Um, I have to say, and, and, and when I tell people about it, they get 
you know, incredibly jealous, which I, I don't mind. I'm glad that I'm living a life that people, you know, are striving for. And, and I think having that downstate upstate connection and being able to kind of traverse that at will has been, um, you know, <clears throat> really a positive in my life to be able to see a side of New York that I never grew up with. I like Brittany, I grew up in Long Island. I grew up in a, you know, urban suburban area. I went to NYU. I, I really was kind of born and raised in, in a, in a, in a city environment. And, and yeah, you know, everyone has sort of done their little travels upstate, but when you really immerse yourself in these communities, you learn how special they are and you learn where your food comes from. Hmm. You know, we're in the middle of Madison County and, and, and we're surrounded by farms where, um, you know, all of this agriculture, uh, in the dairy and the produce and the meat, most of that gets, you know, uh, transported downstate and people who buy them have no idea who is growing them and, and, and kind of the personalities are up here and, and people who are, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation farmers who um, will know more about agriculture than I could ever, you know, imagine or anyone could potentially read in, in any sort of book. I mean, you could read a book like Omnivore's Dilemma, which will give you a taste of, of what farming is and what kind of agriculture is about. But until you experience it, you, you know, it's really hard to, uh, to, to really, um, uh, you know, put, put on, put in writing or, or, or really describe. Yeah. I think as we begin and as we continue to tell these stories of, you know, the entrepreneurs and the leaders in the cannabis industry here on Empire State of Cannabis, we're going to find that cannabis is bringing together parts of the state, uh, that it, nothing else really has been able to do. And I think that's going to continue to be a theme in New York. Um, and, and part of what, what makes it so unique, um, you know, so, for those listening, you know, they're looking at you. You're a pioneer in the industry. Many have followed you, right, in going to grow hemp, and some with a lot less success, right? And they're mm -hmm. sitting here right now, and they're thinking, did I make the right move, and how do I become successful in hemp? What would you tell them? I think contrary to, to our story where we said we didn't really have much of a plan, mm -hmm. I think you have to have a plan. You know, I think we knew in the beginning, you know, we have a saying that a farm can survive small mistakes, not big ones. So that first year, I mean, we have about 2,500, 3,000 acres um, uh, right now that, that we that we um, we farm, but we put 30 acres in that first year. And the mm -hmm. most we do in hemp is about 50 to 100 acres, depending on, you know, how much we need to harvest that year. So what I would say is, don't put a seed in the ground if you don't know where it's going to go after you harvest it. And I think that's the mistake that uh, that um, potentially some folks ha have made, which is they think that hemp is this great crop. It's really valuable. I'm hearing a lot about it. The CBD industry is exploding. So I'll just plant it. And of course, someone's going to come knocking on my door and they're going to pay me millions of dollars for, you know, 30, 40 acres of CBD. Um, it's not the case. Um, it's you, you really need to know the market. And you need to be, as I you know, said earlier, entrepreneurial about it. So it's it's a difficult industry. It's not without its challenges, even though it is, as we've talked about, and we I know we both believe um, a, a huge opportunity and a, and a huge opportunity for the country to really, um, you know, uh, have alternatives to monocropping, you know, provide um, new kinds of food and medicine and, you know, the industrial side, which we didn't even touch on. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different opportunities. But the one thing I always tell people is 
Yeah, there are 30,000 uses for hemp that people have documented, but there's not 30,000 markets. And in some yeah. instances, you have to create that market. So you either have to be entrepreneurial where you're where you're owning the whole vertically integrated supply chain up until the branded product that you're bringing to the consumer, or you're selling it to somebody who's going to you know brand it and bring it to um, bring it to market. Yeah, and find your niche and, and find your talent there, right? That's right. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's next for Eaton Hemp, JD Farm, Secret Agent Dolgen? You know, what <laughs> what's the next what's the next thing we should look out for? Well, we are producing our um, organic hemp hearts, which we know people have uh, already probably tried and, and probably have in their pantry. Um, and we thought um, initially, uh, you know, we were we were not going to do hearts. We wanted to do some more value added products that that people maybe didn't know. But we realized that, um, you know, hearts are, are what, you know, people people like. And uh, we kind of laughingly call it the gateway drug. It's the thing that people know they've tried. They put it in their yogurt. And then hopefully that brings them to try other hemp related products. So that's a big thing for us. And then, um, you know, we're, we're doing some some uh, CBD ourselves um, and we are really excited about pre-rolled smokable flour. I think, um, you know, the bioavailability of of uh, inhaling CBD is really exciting and interesting. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're, we're doing uh, breeding, which, um, you know, we, we thankfully and, and luckily partnered with with you on and produced yep. Uh, close to a million seeds of, of one of the first USDA organic seed uh, CBD seed programs, and we think that that's something we can continue working on and looking at next generation genetics and the CBG and CBN and you know all the cannabinoids and terpenes that have yet to be discovered. So there's so there's so much out there. It's really it's almost you know the, actually one other thing that and that we're we're really excited about too is mulch and um, animal pet bedding, which is huh. a, a really great use for the fiber, um, and and uh, you know using it for erosion control because it's three times more absorbent. So we're talking with with New York State about how to um, to start investing in uh, in in the the fiber industry here and and putting it to good use. So hopefully that will be another uh, channel that that farmers could take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've been been so grateful to be able to work with you guys. So, you know, support you guys, eatinhemp.com, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Whole Foods, wherever, you know, you can find uh, Eaton Hemp Super Squares or the uh, the whole whole seed, right? Yep. Um, any, any other place where people can find you? Um, well, Amazon, uh, like I said earlier, with the squares and our, our organic hearts will be up in the next uh, three or four weeks. Um, and yeah, those are the those are the main places. I think you hit it all. So really, really appreciate the opportunity to, to get the word out. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thank you for coming on. Uh, best of luck. And we hope to have you on again sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks, Galen. Appreciate it. Yeah.